into my graveyard Doing the Monster Mash with you on this beautiful Valentine's Day. Marty, why did you play that song today? There must be thousands of love songs. Well, it's, it's kind of a love song. All the monsters enjoying each other's company, you know, dancing, holding their evil in check. You played the wrong record, didn't you? Why are you doing this to me? Well, let me tell you something. Valentine's Day is no joke. Sending your chick a valentine, huh? Yep. Johnny. Johnny! Johnny! Cool, I broke his brain. What's this, Bobby? Have a girlfriend? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Joseph? Love, Bobby? Hey, hot stuff? Bobby, you can't give this to Joseph. Why not? He is hot stuff. You should see him skateboard. Stench of filth and lust is all over this room. It smells like frickin' Tijuana. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered these same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> I'm Victoria. Hi. You? Choo choo choose me? Happy Valentine's! Come on! One, two, one, two! Mic check, one, two, one, two! Yeah! And I'm like, Craig, do you hear about Sean? He's like, you mean poops? And I just nearly like, kill <laughs> Now, my favorite Craig Watkins moment was when we were talking about the school election and Brandon was running. And of course, Jake wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> and so Jake goes, and everyone else in the class were like trying to rally support for Brandon. That ungrateful son of a bitch, too. Making fun of our signs and his campaign speech to curry favor. Um, what's it called? <laughs> Anyhow, Park Hill goes, I don't have to sit here and defend my political allegiances to the two of you. And then Craig goes, political allegiances, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite moment of that guy. <laughs> Craig's a good dude. Uh, bumped into him on the uh, go train one morning. I thought you said the two of you keep in touch. Well, we do, uh, since we both like we're turning into gym rats. But uh, actually, like seeing him in real life. Oh, okay. So it's just been an online thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's been doing gigs around the city. And he, uh, yeah, Kyle says me, that he would see him. Yeah, yeah. You told me it was a little funk. He's a one man funk band. Yeah, he's, he's honestly yeah. very talented. <laughs> he told me about that. I want to see him. I'm just uh, one of these days. <sighs> Fine. Nah, you listen to you. It's good you got a big cigar in here. You can't Park tell what to do. Someone. I got a cigar. <laughs> yeah. You can't no, intimidate him. No, I can't believe what you do. We still think back to that scene in uh, Barney's version where... Uh, the, the father-in-law cuts off Dustin Hoffman and he's all pissed off. He's like... <laughs> marching over there with the big cigar that's about to tell him off. Well... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one tells my father what to do. You got that? Did, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's been a while since you've watched Veronica Mars, but uh, in the season two, where Steve Gutenberg's the mayor... 
Yeah. There's a scene where Enrico Colantoni's like, it's like, what do you, can you think of anyone who's, uh, who has an axe to grind against you? And he pulls out a cigar. He's like, why don't you take it over? I'll go back to you. <laughs> he just leaves. It's like that cigar was so unnecessary. It's a good tough guy bit. I remember I was watching Ghostbusters 2. And uh, have you seen Ghostbusters 2? Of course. Okay, so they're in the mayor's office telling him about this pink sludge that's going to kill everybody. And I don't know where Aykroyd's got a cigar. <laughs> you look at the mayor's desk, and he's got like this open humidor. And he looks at it, and it's a very subtle thing. I'm like, he stole the mayor's cigar. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real power move. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Valentine's Day on this edition of uh, Canada FM. I think we're going to just kind of recant the holiday a little bit and uh, then go over our favorite love slash smush songs. Yeah, it's uh, My list of love songs is a lot more thorough than my list of smush songs. I just like... I, I, think, I, mean, I think I came up with like one really good smush song. The rest of them are just all like love songs that I like. Because a lot of love songs, I find out after the fact, aren't really love songs. Like They sound nice and romantic, but they'll have other shit going on. Oh, mine are all... Uh... Well, some are incredibly graphic. Some are just... Uh, oh, you got a good level of smush? Well, do you have that one Jack Soul one where the first line's like, open your legs? No. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that was a good one. I was thinking, yeah, Jack Soul had some good smush dudes. It's it's amazing you only had one daughter. Yeah, I know. Like, well, you know, he had a busy... Cor- yeah, he just probably wrapped it. That's true. I had the vasectomy after the first one. Although it's funny, it's like uh, when they were if they were doing the uh, autopsy on him, he's like, "Wow, this guy's ball bag is completely empty. <laughs> it's like two shriveled up prunes." You know, when you die of cancer, they don't do an autopsy on you. Was it? Oh shit, that's right. Because I always yeah, he was in a auto. He was in a, the the car accident, but he survived. Right, I forgot about that. My bad. Yeah, he died of lung cancer. As you're smoking a big cigar. Hey, hey, take lung cancer. (laughs) Throat cancer. This is throat cancer. Anyway. Yeah, it's throat cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Just as deadly, but different. See, lung cancer, you just die. Throat cancer, you get a wacky microphone that can talk to you. One of these days, I'm going to go to my dad with a cigar. I'll be like, like, losers smoke cigarettes. Heroes smoke cigars. (laughs) You need to switch. I used to work with a guy who had a uh, a uh, tracheotomy. Did he not? A little bit, yeah. He did talk a little bit like that, and then sometimes it, you know, like he didn't talk with the the microphone, but he did have that husky voice like that, right? And he had a little little divot in his neck, and you can tell that that's where they put it. And uh, like the kids within a year of me working with, well, this is within a year of me working with him, he was dead. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was gonna say when they put that tr- trach ring in, you don't have a whole lot of life left. I'm gonna if that happens to me, I'm gonna spend the whole time making jokes. <laughs> what do you mean? I'll just be using the thing like. <laughs> there was a guy at the mall when they fixed the elevators. One of the elevator maintenance guys he came in to mind games, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Stumbles. <laughs> I fumbled it. I caught it. Well, there you go. But one of the the mall maintenance guys, um, he, uh, what's it called? 
I was, he came in, I was like, can you use any help? And he did like the whole production where he had to press the button because there's a button in there. You know, two, like the story's like, ah, just looking around. It's like, whoa, I did not expect that. It'd be funny if you pulled up a Macaulay Culkin, just like screamed in his face. Like, ah, ah. I would laugh at that. That's horrible. No, I didn't say laugh. I said scream. Like, when, <laughs> like when Macaulay Culkin just like screams at the pigeon lady at the top of his lungs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Make an outcast from society feel even more <laughs> out of touch with everybody. Thanks, Macaulay. Um, uh, what's it called? But yeah. So let, let me throw a, a Valentine's Day out there at you. Okay. Valentine's Day question before we get into the tunes. When we were growing up and going to Pheasant in school, yeah. they made quite a big deal about Valentine's Day. Yeah. What do you remember about our elementary school Valentine's celebrations? Um. Well, I remember... I was never a Ralph Wiggum, which was nice. I got uh, the the kids in our class were nice, so everyone got one. No one got left yeah. out, so that was nice. Um, don't really remember too too much, except you know just dropping Valentines in people's little bags or uh, slop thing, whatever. And then uh, did we actually have a party? Oh yeah, my class would have a party all the time. I don't know if no Morrison even did a party. And he was like, <laughs> I don't think he had anything planned. I think he was like, you guys hand out your stupid Valentine's. I'm putting on my headphones and my sardines while you guys do this. I could see Morrison be like, I'm going to tell all 30 of you. He's like, never get married. It ruined my life. That woman is the bane of my existence. He seemed to be happily married. At least that's what he told the class. I know. That he was happily married. I don't know. He would tell us stuff that apparently wasn't true. Because remember, he left Pheasant and went to Grange. And he was always on us about not smoking and stuff like that, and that he didn't smoke. And then Pontefract told us that he was a smoker. Do you remember that? No. But uh, I remember he said his yeah. wife smoked. You can see him lying to us. Yeah. He, yeah. Would, he would say anything when he needed to fit his narrative. Yeah, exactly. He probably lived by the credo, do as I say, not as I do. Not as I do. <laughs> He was still uh, my favorite teacher growing up, though. Well, I mean, for me, actually, my grade one, two, and three teachers were nice. Miss Nieberg, Miss White, and uh, Miss Fotheringham, and Mrs. Harding split a bunch of ladies. Yeah, you had to split. Yeah. Uh, and then Baldwin, and then uh, Morrison, and then well, Stubbs. Big hands, Baldwin. Big hands, Baldwin. <laughs> Freaking clamps of death. I know. If they ever cast a movie about Fessenden, the guy with the giant hand from The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm tired of these remarks. I want my giant hand. He plays Mr. Bodley. Uh, or Walter Matthau. He kind of had a Walter Matthau thing going on, too. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. Let me uh, let me start the tale of woe early. Okay. So, I think it was grade four or... F- yeah, it was grade four. Uh, the do you remember who your first crush was? Yes. Who was it? It was Megan Marshall in the yeah. first grade. She was nice. Yeah. Mine was Christy yeah. Best. Okay. And I I got a little heart chocolate and wrote a little note and snuck it in a desk at recess and then, but I didn't put my name on it and people were like did you did you uh, leave a note in her desk of chocolate and I was like. No, because like I thought it was going to get ridiculed, so I tried to downplay it. 
that was the first kind of pseudo rejection that I got because it did not go over well. Um, yeah, I kind of went through this thing with the girls where I would tell people that they were my girlfriend even if they weren't. Because I was friends with that Colin Hagen guy. You remember, Colin Hagen was a dirty liar. <laughs> he was my friend, but he was a dirty liar. So I got in trouble with both Megan and then in third grade, uh, Melissa Rakosi, if you remember her. Oh, yeah. For both telling... Uh, now, I got more trouble with her than I did Megan. Megan was at least cool with it, because, probably because our parents are friends. Yeah. Right? But Melissa was very upset that all the kids were calling her Mrs. Jessup on the playground. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, and I was like patting myself on the back, like, that's right, Colm. <laughs> when you want something, you go out and take it. That's so being a real dick. <laughs> Why would you listen to Rat Tail? Because <sighs> he seemed cool. Oh, we're friends. What do you want from me? We're really good friends. We're really good friends. You never listen to me a day in your life. Mm. <laughs> I did once. So there was one time we were at Boston Pizza, and I told you how I kind of liked the server. And he Ronald McDonald me the whole night and said, get on it, get on it. <laughs> and when I asked her out, she had a boyfriend. I felt like shit. At least you knew. Instead oh, of... you and your get on it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you knew instead of pining like a buffoon. <laughs> I wasn't really pining. I was just like, she's cute. I like her. That's all it was. Sitting at home. I like I was in love with her. Sitting at home, slapping your ham, trying to get the bit of ecstasy <laughs> in the cold breakdown of light. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I do remember though a couple of funny stories. I can't remember which girl it was. There was a girl who crossed out love on my Valentine wrote like. Which I thought was kind of funny. I forget Even who at the time. No. It's okay. You don't have to love me. It's fine. Yeah. And then I do remember Campbell coming to my class one day to give me a special Valentine because we weren't in the same class, but we were best <laughs> friends. And Campbell's like, hey, it's a special friend on it, man. Like, that's for you. You're my best friend. I'm like, oh, thanks, bud. So I'm at home. I'm like, oh, crap. My dad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to find the cardboard box. And my Valentine's came in. He goes, why? And I'm like, oh, you know those special friend ones they have to cut out? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I forgot to give one to Campbell. I just gave him a regular Valentine. God, he's my best friend. And his dad's like, those are supposed to be for your girlfriends. <laughs> I was like, he's like, don't give that to Campbell. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Did you, give him, did you give him a regular Valentine? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's good enough. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Megan Marshall, I'm like 90% sure. Uh, I think she was in my class in grade four. And um, I'm pretty sure it was her that pooched my Valentine because she called me Brain. Happy Valentine's Day, Brain. Oh, you can brain a lot. Yeah. Which is ironic because I'm a big dumb dumb. I remember in junior kindergarten, I forgot one girl in my class. I felt so awful. My dad taught at the school in junior kindergarten. This is when I, before I went to Pesadent. Right. And he showed up as we were handing out Valentines with a Valentine for her. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, dad, you saved me. Like he really came through that day. He just somehow he looked at the list. He double checked it. He was like, shit. Dad forgot. <laughs> My dumb ass kid. I was good. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I mean, I highly doubt she's sitting there like, oh, it's like in uh, Seinfeld where uh, Mr. Steinbrenner's looking at the card that's under glass and he's like, I can't help but notice uh, there's one signature that's missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like someone could have just totally left me 
in the lurch on a Valentine. I never would have known. Yeah, I never. Counted. I didn't go home and I wasn't like I kind of went through it. Like, thank you. Th- you know what I was looking at? It was how cool the Valentine was. I didn't really see who did it. So, oh, Batman Valentines. Okay, those are cool. I was just about to say <laughs> this shit. My Little Pony. I was just about yourself. to say that. <laughs> Kind of, kind of fucking dumbass gets a boy in my little pony. <laughs> I went through the list like that. I would hand out X Men. I was gonna say, I, yeah, I, there's. I would yeah. buy like one set. I'm like, I'm not getting special treatments. I'm an everyone equal got the same thing. man. Yeah, I'd sit there the night before though with my parents, going through the list, making sure I got everybody. You know what I mean? We go through the class picture. So if you weren't there for picture day, <laughs> there's a good chance you weren't getting a Valentine. Let's fast forward here. Actually, let's start. Let's start off the playlist. Okay. What's your first, either songs to bone down, break up, or just love song? Mine's break up. Oh, we're doing break up songs too. It's part of the love process. It was all encompassing. You know what? That I have to go right off the hop, and I'll give them to you both right away. The band that did, in my opinion, the greatest love song and the greatest breakup song of all time. That's Blue Rodeo. So for the love. It's going to totally be um, Lost Together. I still think that that is one of the best rock and roll love songs ever written. And for uh, Breakup, it's going to be Hasn't Hit Me Yet. That song is... Emotionally draining. Hey, hey, I guess it hasn't hit me yet. I through this crack and I kind of lost my head. I stand transfixed before the street light. Watching the snow fall on this cold. to it in the wrong mood. Wait, are you talking about that just... Uh, oh wait, the, the hey, hey, I guess it hasn't okay. hit me yet. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great breakup I song. completely tuned out that you said both were Blue Rodeo, and I was like, wait, are you talking about that Michael Bublé song? <laughs> I haven't met you yet. <laughs> That's kind of a bit of a sad song, isn't it? I think we all had that. You got this dream girl in our head, right? And then you just, you haven't met her yet. That's so, all it is. So my first uh, breakup song is a band we'll be covering in about three weeks. The Ska Fellas from Montreal, the Planet Smashers. Oh, okay. It's called Get Out My Baby. <laughs> I got you kissing the other boy and lying me just more proof. Get out, get out my baby. And uh, Matt Collier starts off the song. He's like, this song is about an eye of cheating, no t- two-time and no good Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is the happiest breakup song ever because it's so like bouncy and you got the horns and it's, oh my, it's great. Well, that's the idea with ska music is, you know what I mean? Like, 
It's, do you remember? This is going to be tough because the six people who listen to this podcast won't get it. But you'll get it. <laughs> uh, the 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 spec script for Dunker that Nate Hoffman wrote. Yeah, the one episode that he wrote, Dunker's part of a running club, and he's yeah. just like, just run through the paint, <laughs> run it out, run through the paint. Ska's kind of like that. You're like skank through the paint. Yeah, yeah, skank through the misery. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's, it's like uh, I was uh, watching a documentary about the making of uh, the one real Big Fish album, Mo- uh, Monkeys for Nothing, Chimps for Free. And mm-hmm. even though most of those songs are all pretty happy, it's <laughs> Scott Klopfenstein's like, these come from the pit of despair that is Aaron Baird's heart. <laughs> but they're all happy songs. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's, got, he's a dark guy, man. He's got an edge to him. Well, it's, Same Scott Klopfenstein, too. He's got an edge to him. Have you like... My favorite, my favorite song on the album "Cheer Up" is the secret track "Drunk Again" that Scott Klopfenstein sings, and it's not Scott at all. Yeah, but it's just a song about going through your woes. You know what I mean? And you just you're getting drunk again. <laughs> you know, I've had that before the breakup where you just end up drinking more and you make horrible, horrible, horrible mistakes. Oh yeah, I won't mention names, but I went through a four month breakup once. That's very hard. And one night I got drunk and decided what I thought was my sister. Turns out she changed her number and my parents didn't tell me. In the middle of the night when I was hammered, telling, texting all my woes. And this person was like, who are you? I don't know who you are. Stop messaging me. And I was like, oh, you're funny. And I just kept going. And the next day I'm like, mom, did uh, Sarah change your number? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, could have used that information. I just oh kept someone up all night. That is so yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, I was drunk and went to a dark place. Well, we've all been there. That's what happens. Booze. And here's the one thing I will say about our friend group. I always talk about how we were not supportive of each other. Except for when we were breaking up with someone. Probably because we were all lonely and miserable and wanted to join in the single life again. Then our group was incredibly supportive. (laughs) Who needs names? We got each other. <laughs> this is the little rascals. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, there's one time I went over to Tom's house three or four times a week because he had that speed rail full of hard stuff. This is uh, another person who shall not be named on the podcast who I didn't even really date, but they put me through emotional hell. And um, <laughs> I went over there to drink. And he allowed me to go over there to drink whatever I wanted. And it was never dark because he was there. We made it fun. So there's that. Yeah. That's one thing. You never do it alone. There's one time I got dumped. And I, like, the thing was just starting up, but it just ended on such, like, stupid, like, weird circumstances that uh, I was just like, because at this time, too, Brandon, I think, had either just gotten married or was about to get married. Campbell, yeah. Campbell was dating Ashley. I think, let's see, this would have been, I was in Windsor, so I think you might. I might have been a single guy. You might have been single. You might have been with one person. I can't remember. But um, mm. but either way, so I'm like, and also I was in my like, late 20s, and I was like, yeah, what is wrong with me? <laughs> so I was, I, I was like, one in the morning, home alone in my apartment. I, start, I didn't even know you had a girl. We're supposed to be best friends. I didn't even know you had a girlfriend when you were in Windsor. No, it wasn't a girlfriend. We just started dating. But it was start like I thought it was oh, okay. going someplace, and then all of a sudden it just went, and uh, 
uh, but yeah, so I, I, I started hitting the G and T's pretty hard, cranking the police. Um, oh, did you do can't stand losing you? No, I was, uh, that's not good. No, that's not a good sign to get no, drunk I, to. That might give you some bad ideas. In that well, yeah. Guess you'd call it suicide. <laughs> no, no, I think I was singing like, uh, uh, Everything she does is magic. But I don't know. I was going through the whole. Oh, that's disc- not so bad. I was going through the whole discography, so I'm sure I played mm. all those songs at one point. I was so friggin' tuned yeah. up. Sean comes home from work. He's like, it's like two in the morning. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, just got dumped hitting the booze. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember the worst short term, like yeah, this should end now kind of thing i had to go through yeah and i'll say her name just because i haven't even thought about her in years was fiona and i dated her for two months and we went on like what like six five dates in two months or something like that so when you go out with someone for that short a period of time you have not had intercourse (laughs) i think honestly the phone call dumping or the facebook dumping is adequate yeah she decided a date three days into the future. Like she texted me, she goes, We need to talk. Meet me Friday at Second Cup. And I'm like, Um, it's Tuesday. You want me to meet you Friday? Can we do it sooner? Because I'm like, I got a feeling why I know what you're gonna say. She's like, No, Friday's the only day that works. And I'm like, So remember, then we went over to Tom's, you and me, and I was like, is she breaking up with me? And you guys looked at me like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm like, why do I have to wait till Friday? You know what I mean? Like, Was she the one that Alex called the lunch lady? <sighs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I had to wait four days. And then when I got there, she made me wait like 15 minutes and she finally showed up. Oh, and I was like, like it, it's cool. It's okay. We've only been going out for two months. Yeah. Like you don't have to be this dramatic about it. It's fine. You know. Well, just send me a. T- you can call me and tell me that you don't want to still go out. That's fine. We only went on a couple of dates. It's all right. But no, she made a big deal about it. So, there's one person I was dating. You never met her because you're up in Tibet. But uh, it was a pandemic relationship and. Like oh, sure. we'd met her, we'd met each other's parents and everything. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. How'd your parents take to her? They liked her. They liked her a lot, actually. Um, and, uh, I got dumped over a text at eight fifty-five. Wow. Literally, I was literally about to sign on to my computer for work. Oh, that's the worst. And I was like, so agitated. Cause I was like, also, the the way she did it was like so low class, and this is me talking. I've been called low class by multiple people, um, my grandma included. <laughs> more more low brow with you. That's true. Oh, well, low brow, low class. What the hell's the difference? Um, sorry, it's working. But um, the what she said was like totally projecting on like something she was clearly going through, and she projected it on me. Because I think I didn't have baseball because it was in the pandemic. So baseball was shut down that summer, but 
I was, that was the summer. Like I went on keto and I was like really focused on my diet and exercising. Like I was like, so like certain things kind of fell by the wayside. Like my apartment wasn't always as tidy. Cause I was like, literally sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd like go for a jog in the morning or a walk, work, dinner, or sorry, gym, dinner, go to bed, repeat. Like I just didn't prioritize cleaning. And so she's like, yeah. so she basically took that as like, you know, you can't tidy up enough uh, to like impress me that you're going to be like the worst boyfriend ever. And, but it's like, she never actually expressed that as a problem to me. It just came up right at the end. Cause if she was like, Hey, you know, I'm a bit of a tidy person. Well, maybe put in a little effort. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking. I apologize. I would have tidied up more and like made it an extra effort. But it just like, you're done. You're out. I'm like, what? <laughs> like getting blindsided. Oh, shit. You know, Freddy? I can hear. Can you hear the mic? Mike's picking him up. Freddy's uh, not happy. Bryn's doing the bedtime routine right now. So I'm going to be. I'm going to do a little ASMR. Get real close to the mic. <laughs> quiet. Yeah. So, um, that sucks. Yeah. That is straight up projected. Because I think um, I, I remember you. Because when I told you about her, you're like, "What are your feelings on this one?" I was like, "I could see myself marrying this one," and you're like, "Oh wow, nope, clearly not." Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That is what it is. I do. Yeah, you got you got a, a tough. Uh, you've had some interesting <laughs> choices, but no, but good choices. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like you are selecting mates that would be good for your personality in the long run. That's true. Yes. I, the, the last um, do you remember the one girl, the one girlfriend that you had that I met? I really liked her. I thought she was really nice and stuff like that. You know, it was a shame that it didn't work out, but it didn't. You know, things don't work out in this world. You know, it's hilarious. You know? Uh, Brandon, yeah. Brandon, and Aaron call themselves like the curse because the not long after they met her and this one. Because Brandon and Aaron yeah. met her too. That we broke up. <laughs> it's like you are the uh, what is that? The uh, I'm losing my mind. I said curse, curse. But there's a specific jinx. Jinx. jinx? Yeah. You're the yeah. F- you jinx in the relationship when you fly in the ointment. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, wow. At least, at least, what's it called? They didn't embarrass she. You didn't have a girl embarrass you, like completely embarrass you in front of your friends. I did twice. <laughs> Yeah, but you married God, one sure. of them. Well, Bryn never... <laughs> <laughs> would fight, but that's not embarrassing me. I'm just like, you know what? You know, Brian, I always had this idea in my head. I'm not saying fight. You would world. roast you in front of your friends. Oh, I know. But I always did have a thing. And I'm glad that you two do get along now. Because you guys have had your ups and downs. Um, that there would be a little bit of tough sledding with you and whoever my eventual mate would be. I don't know why. Maybe it's your personality. Maybe it's because you're ferociously loyal and you're looking out for your boy yeah and that you get grill him you know what i mean but uh um, well, also do yeah you, do you remember you once said to me because originally uh there was a person who we all like now but there was a person or i don't know people can take or leave but at the time everybody really liked her when she was in the group when when <laughs> and I, wait and i really was, liked them Okay, maybe I don't know who you're talking about. Maybe I thought you were talking about the person who 
No, no, it wasn't. Uh, everyone, everyone thought you were a jerk for not liking. And then after a while, we were like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Kind of onto it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. guys all thought it was me being, oh, this is bitter Brian being an a hole, not 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 opening himself up to be nice. I was like, no, no, I I have a sixth sense about certain things with people. Uh, I, uh, that does irritate me, by the way. And I'm glad you never did that with Bryn. Because past girls, you were like, never wrong about these things, Ted. You should dump her. <laughs> you know, when you say that over and over again, it doesn't make me go, Brian's right. I'm just like, he's going to say that about anybody. <laughs> Although, the yeah. one the one before... I, I will say the first night when you met Bryn, and then you added her, you sent her a friend request on Facebook. I think it gave you a big hug. And it was like, thank you for not being a jerk. <laughs> Is my personality that awful? And that's like the, that's like the gold star. It's like you weren't a jerk. Good for you. Bravo. A jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, oh well, you know it's funny. We're talking about this whole Valentine's Day episode, and yeah, we did get into a little bit of like Valentine's Day celebrations and stuff when we were young. Yeah. But um, this has whole been just kind of us revisiting our dating histories and stuff like that so far. And just about the bad ones, not even the good ones. Well, here's one for you. So the last, I think, yeah, it would have been the last person I dated. The one, <laughs> the one that's like a complete polar opposite with me, like socially, politically sweet girl. But uh, she was the one where Alex remembers. She was like, how's Brian meeting these people? <laughs> um, but uh, her birthday is the day before Valentine's Day. Oh shit! And we oh, just... also we should mention while we're doing this, happy happy birthday, Brent. Yes, this thing will be airing yes. around. I'll, I'll post it probably this weekend. But happy early birthday, Brent. He, he is, is a, a February fourteenth baby. Yep. Actually, a couple years ago, and that was always great because if we didn't have dates, we always had an excuse to go out. <laughs> a couple yeah, years, which back, was most years when we first reconnected <laughs> with Brent. I sent him. I remember it was Valentine's Day. It was his birthday, and because. Uh, but I don't think he had his own Instagram that we were like direct messaging him. We were going through his wife and I said, tell Brian, I say happy birthday. He's like, he actually really appreciates that. People always forget because it's Valentine's day. I'm like, I, I know. Know. It's like, even though I hadn't oh, seen him I, in I always, over 10 years, I still remember. Yeah. I always remember. Well, it's easy birthday to remember, That's right? True. Valentine's day. But, you know? Yeah. So this girl was, her birthday was the 13th and then Valentine's day was the 14th. And we just started dating like just after Christmas, like in the new year. And so like, it was still a pretty new budding relationship. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta do a double dose. But I didn't, I didn't, yeah. go, I didn't go to him. I got her some nice flowers and uh, picked up a dinner at her favorite uh, restaurant in, in Stratford. That's really nice. Quite touched. Yeah. <sighs> That's always tough. Cause like the first Valentine's Day, me and Bryn had, because it's always the first one's always the best one, right? Because you want to pull at all the stops. We'd been dating for like, <laughs> like nine months at this point, but also I just gotten laid off, <laughs> so I was in a pit of despair. I thought you were stopping. Still, it's like nine still, months, like, I just got laid. I just got laid. Oh, just got laid. No, no, no. <laughs> no, just got laid off. And uh, I was in a pit of despair 
at that point. But we still had a really good Valentine's Day. We went to that uh, restaurant that I had the big party at before I got married. That was like our go-to spot for years for Valentine's Day. We got each other little gifts, and that was nice. And oh, the one across from the hotel? Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's a good spot. Yeah. That's a great spot. Yeah. So we had a really nice Valentine's Day, and that was like one of the bright spots of that like nine months of depression that I had. I'll never forget. Um, at that at that restaurant, out of that. your uh-huh. stupid Brandon was uh because i was i was wearing these nice my nice dress shoes and i had like a good look going but i didn't have any like cool socks i was just wearing like white socks and he's like your sock game is weak i'm like I oh he said that to me too because i had a hole in my sock like, in the face. brandon like i am staying in this hotel i knew this this tux was coming with nice sock socks like forgive me for wearing ratty socks right now I literally didn't put shoes on when I walked from my room up to your room where we're all hanging out. You know, I didn't put shoes on at all. And I gave me a hard time about my sock game. Drop it. Well, he gave me a hard time at the the, the party before the wedding because you and me, we had to take this uh, van to my house because right. we needed it to, for, for some other things on, on the wedding day. And I was like, all right, you're going to come with Because remember, I told you, you're a go-to guy. I'm a go-to guy. That's right, Brian. And... Um, so we're gonna go do this. He goes, "Hey, it's rude to leave a party in your honor." And I was like, "Oh, shut up! I'll be right back. Relax, enjoy yourself, right?" And then that was nice. Everyone went home, and you, me, the groomsmen, and Max and Jake, we sat there and we got drunk and watched the NLCS. That's right. The yeah. Brewers and Dodgers. That's yeah. Good. Stupid Dodgers. Those were the Brewers. So here's one for you. Here's a. Uh... Because, you know, I feel like I could have dated more in high school and college if I was a little more confident. And I could, I could trace back my lack of confidence to this one incident in grade eight. Uh-huh. So you remember that pale face palindrome Irish freak show, Brian O'Brien? Yeah, of course. So he goes up to Janice Mack. <laughs> what a weird way to describe a person. <laughs> His name is a palindrome with Brian O'Brien. It's like a big loop. Um, that's true. Yeah, but so he goes up to Janice McIntyre and asks ah. asks her out for me, even though I did not ask her oh to. Oh my god! I had no intention on asking Janice McIntyre out. Like we we go back grade school, right? No mm. intention, no interest. And do you know what her response was? Good God! Oh god no! No, yeah. Good God no! Yeah, good God! <laughs> and I was just sitting there right there, like. Why don't you just freaking uh, kick me in the pill for 10 minutes straight? See, that's why he wasn't a good friend. Oh, he was the worst, and he might have okay. been a Nazi. It's terrible. <laughs> Brandon. Uh, actually, no, Brandon. Brandon's a good friend, but he wasn't good here. So in high school, I had a crush on Lauren Furukawa, if you remember her. Oh, yeah. I drove her nuts on I that big, band, band trip. I, I had a big crush on her. And... Uh, I told all of you guys, clearly I was way too chicken shit to make a move. Yeah. So Brandon just casually, after threatening that he was going to move, <laughs> we saw her in the hallway. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you better be all talked. You better not do it. And he went, hey, guess who likes you? <laughs> and I ran. <laughs> I fucking ran for it before he could say Ted. Right? She was nice about it. She never brought it up. She never gossiped about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've run into her since high school. She's always been nice and always been cool. But yeah, Brandon really fucked me over that. <laughs> do, the, do the Jeff Garland. 
you fucked me. You fucked me off. That is in the Shack episode. If you want to find the uh... no, no, is it the Shack episode? No, it's in the one where Larry steals those flowers from Marty Funkhauser's mother's grave. That's it. So Jeff. So Larry's adopted the Hurricane family. Right. The blacks. Right. The blacks. Larry, that's funny. He's like, your, your last name's black and you are black? I want you to find last name is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it called? So they're trying to get them into this hoity-toity prep school, the two kids. And it's the same school that Jeff's daughter's going to attend. And so they, Jeff and Susie and Larry all have meetings with this woman. Now, of course, Larry bumps into this woman at a uh, an ice cream shop. And she's getting all these samples. And Larry's had it waiting in line. So he just starts roasting her from behind. Oh, you get a sample of vanilla? Oh, whatever it tastes like vanilla. Oh, banana. He's like, something had to be said. So she gets mad and storms out. But she recognizes his face. So they find out that, you know, they're not going to get in. And he steals flowers from Marty Funkhauser's mother's roadside memorial after she got hit by a car in her wheelchair to give to this woman right and she goes uh this is really big of you larry you know you don't every day see someone say hey i apologize i'm not such a great person larry goes got a hurricane family living with me think i'm a pretty great person (laughs) (laughs) and uh so he gives the flowers and then funkhauser wants the flowers back that's where he's like, if you were my best friend, I'd take my thumbs and pop your head off. And Larry's like, you're not my best friend. <laughs> so he goes to steal the flowers when Jeff and Susie are having their meeting. And basically she figures out that he took the flowers. So they're screaming at him. Susie has like these crumpled up flowers, right? And um, Larry goes... Jeff goes, you fuck me. You fuck me hard. He goes, I gotta live with this now. And then Susie goes, oh, you bet he does. <laughs> and then she hits Larry in the head with the flowers. <laughs> All right. So you. Oh, my God. So you. Alex calls me and Bryn Jeff and Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, me and Bryn are either Jeff and Susie or Frank and Artemis. Those are the two they prefer to do. Um, yeah, I'd go. With Frank and Artemis, but uh, <laughs> gotta do it. And yeah, Andre, you got any bacon bits? <laughs> you like to put him in Artemis's hair, and they rain down on me while we plow. No, he goes, Frank. "Hey, can we have sex in your? <laughs> we have sex in your bathroom? No, don't have sex in my bathroom. We'll go have sex in the Wendy's bathroom. Fine, have sex in Wendy's. See you." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good shit. How much of the show is just going to be us referencing old TV? <laughs> I recanted an entire curb plot. I mean, well, except for the <sighs> the, the flowers bit. At least the uh, Frank and Artemis is about sex and sex and love. <laughs> that's something about Yeah, that's thing. true. Um, they had the right. weird food fetish thing going on. Yeah. Speaking of, so my next song, because uh-huh. you did two blue rodeos. My next one is uh, Leonard Cohen. <sighs> Ain't no cure for love. I got you like a habit and I'll never get enough. There ain't no cure. There ain't no cure. There ain't no 
it's off the uh it's off of uh i'm your man that's uh okay a lot of smush music on that album it's also the uh cohen's weird like that like ever since watchmen when they that version of hallelujah played well the original version of hallelujah yeah plays in that sex scene with night owl and uh silk specter yeah oh yeah oh, that voice i can only i can only picture it for sex i know <laughs> Uh, but this one, he's yeah. just like, if you play it, he's just like, I'm aching for you, baby. And he's like talking about how much he wants to see the, the woman naked. <laughs> but he's like, well, for, for us. Well, wow. And meanwhile, it's just this, this 75-year-old Jewish guy. <laughs> he wasn't that old. Looks like, moment, but. Uh, he looks like kind of like a decrepit Leonard Nimoy. He looks like a frog. You got you to picture him having sex. That's why I always got mad at those Kevin Smith things. You remember the, we used to watch like an evening with Smith thinking, oh, this is great. Yeah. It was just him talking about getting laid. And I was like, I want him talking about getting laid. I like to visualize things when people talk, you know? I got a picture of him getting laid, this fat fuck. You know, I always said. I don't care much. I, I don't want to picture him now that he's lost all the way with this stupid face. <laughs> stupid face. I told you. I unfollowed him. stupid face he makes in every picture. You <laughs> followed him? Drove me nuts. He's I was done. He's a good filmmaker, and he's a okay, nice he's, guy. He's not even a great filmmaker. He's an average filmmaker. He's a decent writer, but uh, like it took two movies or three movies for him to actually start moving the damn camera. Every single shot was either just like a, a free hand or stationary. Well, let's face it, Brian. He's made movies that got us through our most impressionable years. That's true. Mall Rats, Clerks. Those are like one. Of, those are still two of my favorite movies. I saw that when I was ten at Jeff Robinson's house. I remember. And I remember you telling me about Mallrats. There was some other movie because you kept saying Jason Lee, and for some other reason, for some reason, I thought you were you meant Brandon Lee. Oh, you thought I was talking about the crow? I thought it was some kung fu movie. <laughs> and then I watched him like this is the kung fu movie. Yippee foo! Anyway, what's your next? Yeah. Pick? Uh, okay, so, well, I so said, you want to go smush? Whatever you want. All right, well, I'm talking about smush right now, and I still think this is a recent song, and you're hard-pressed to find a better smush song. Oh, God, what's the name of the guy who sings it? Drew Barrymore. That's the name of the song. He's the guy who sang that. Got a good oh. in a pop can. Bryce Vine. Bryce Vine. Drew Barrymore by Vice Bryce Vine. <laughs> Two, four. Something like the summer, kinda like a hurricane Sweeping through the desert, hot Americana rain Falling wearing nothing but my Lauren Hill shirt It's kinda baggy on you baby, but it worked The ace It's that quickly got to the top of my list That is hot and steamy <laughs> Yeah, that's a great smush song Alright That's the problem with the smush tunes They don't always get to the top of the list Let me ask you something Uh-huh not that I want to talk about your sex life, but do you ever actually go to your way to <laughs> put music on? Because I am the worst at setting a a mood, right? I'm just, I don't have that, like, you know my dad. He's not romantic in the yeah. slightest. He's just like, we're not that lovey-dovey feely. That, like, that's just, we lost that gene, our whole family. And so, like, when I, yeah. This, this one time this girl was like, what do you want to listen to? I think I 
I'm not even a dumb kid. I can't even blame this on being like 22. I think I said Streetlight Manifesto. Jesus. They don't have any smush songs. No, but it was... In my defense, it was the Thomas Kalnoki acoustic stuff that's a little like smoother, but... uh, Okay. You know, now that I think about it, so the only reason this song is a smush song, I'm going to add another song to the playlist here. All right. You have to help me out with the artist because you you show me this. He's from Scrubs in my lonely room. Who sings that one? Oh, the coral. In my lonely room. It's the called coral. Dreaming of You. I'm in my lonely room when I'm dreaming of you. Oh, what can I do? I still need you, but I don't want you now. That was when he decided he liked Elliot. He yeah. was going to put the moves on her, right? I was listening to that last week, actually. When I saw that episode, I was like, fuck, this is a great smush song. When you listen to it on its own, though, you don't think about sex. Yeah. But because it was that association. And because... Not to get too graphic here. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the kind of picture. If you're, if, if you're in good shape and you can have that sweaty Ray Liotta sex from uh, Observe and Report. I know Alex will get this reference. <laughs> You've seen Observe and Report, right? No, I started watching it and I thought it was dumb. Oh. Ray Liotta has a very graphic sex scene with Anna Ferris. Because that Ray Liotta face. He's all sweaty. That makes me sweaty. If you're in that kind of mood, something like a streetlight might suit you. Speaking yeah. of sweaty, that made me no, think no, of no, no, uh, no. that made me think of McGruber where he's having sex with Maya Rudolph's ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna freaking explode inside you. I'm gonna spill it. I'm gonna fill you up. I'm gonna fill you up. What? I'm gonna fill you up. Okay, just let me do the talking. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I remember you, me, and Malcolm saw that, and you two were like boozing in the theater because Malcolm brought hooch and he was just laughing. You brought hooch, I drank some of his hooch. I know you did. Um, so. At the hockey team I announced for, this guy hasn't been around in ages. But there was this guy, whenever the puck was towards the visitor goal, this guy would just shout out, shoot, shoot. (laughs) And I would always lose it. And the guys in the booth were like, why? I'm like, have you seen McGruber? They hadn't seen Oh, my God. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to fucking shoot. Look, this is going to take a lot of context, but there's a scene where he's having sex with the ghost of his wife. <laughs> yes, a ghost. And he keeps yelling, I'm going to shoot! I'm going to I'm like, and it's the funniest thing you'll ever see. And what was the other thing with the... Oh, there's that song, uh, Watching the Detectives by Elvis Costello. I love that song. But he's like, watching the detectives when they shoot. That movie ruined that for me. And he says, when they shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm just like, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, I'm going to suck all the mood right out of it. Uh, I'm going to go Joy Division level Terra survive. Great 
it's a it's a romance song. It's a very romantic song. Just like a lot of the Smith stuff is very romantic. Which is weird because uh, Morris. That's a nice song though. That that is a really nice song. Yeah. Yeah. But Morris. That's almost a song about. And yeah, he always wrote all these love songs. It was weird. But he was asexual when he married. Ian Ian Curtis was of Joy Division, but I was I was lumping the Smiths in with Joy Division too because they wrote so many. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, of course he's asexual. Yeah. Um, what's it called? <sighs> yeah, no, that, that, but that's a really nice song. Did I ever tell you that not many people, uh, girls, said "I love you" to me just because it didn't it didn't get to that point. And I, I, oh, you told me you're winks and the guns. <laughs> well, let me let me set the if only this was a video podcast, but uh, so yeah, I I was just leaving this girl's room, and like she didn't even want to get out of bed to like usher me out the, of her house. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, she was like, "Hey, before you go, I just want to say I love you." And I like I literally had my hand on the knob and I was frozen and I was like, "All right." Did you like her at least? Uh, I did, but I was just like, I knew this was not built to last. I could just tell. Um, because what? Oh, so you're like, you're kind of like the, not to keep harping on Will Forte. <coughs> I remember one episode we did. My brother was like. You spent 20 minutes on Will Ford, Dave, before you got to the bad. <laughs> Have you Fine. met us? Yeah, I know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey. Oh, what's that, garbage? Okay. No, it's your fucking shit, and I'm kicking you out. <laughs> <laughs> this is as we're doing a Valentine's Day podcast about love. Oh, boy. I hate you. <laughs> love you. Love you. I'm keeping that in, except I'm going to take out her saying I love you. Keep that in. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's the cute part of it. Anyway, um, what were you saying? We were talking about love. Oh, Forte. Yeah. <sighs> and now I'm, I'm totally lost. We're talking about Forte. I don't know because you were link, you were uh, linking my winking or my finger guns being frozen like an idiot to Will Forte. Oh no, Forte. So Forte did an episode of uh, a, a sketch, a Brian Fellow sketch. Okay. And so Tracy Morgan goes off and is crazy Brian Fellow stuff. Forte just goes, I really don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that's your answer. So yeah. This girl, I love you. But I you really know, don't know how to respond to that. You know what's funny? So I didn't uh, tell, I don't think I told anyone that story for like almost a year. I was sitting on that nugget. And at a UFC night at Tom's house, I told a room full of our friends. Campbell's like, this is why you're gonna die alone. Jesus, Campbell. Would you expect you know anything what, though? less from that guy? Here are the other two things about you. These are good things. You are loyal. You're also very honest. Yeah. And both to a fault. <laughs> and if a girl tells you that she that she loves you and you can't return that favor. You're not going to say I love you back. It's just who you are. Yeah. Well, also, it was like one of those things I'm like, give me another month or two on this. Yeah. I don't, the, okay. first time I told the, the first time I told the girl I loved her. Let me guess. It was like right after the, the check. <laughs> no. But um, 
what's it called? It was after she did a very night. We had been dating for a while, and she did an incredibly nice gesture, a very romantic gesture. And I'd been sitting on it and sitting on it, and I said it. Really nice, too. And it did not get returned for two weeks. And when it was returned, it was in a very romantic way, so I did appreciate that. Yeah, that's funny. Now, when I told Bryn for the first time that I loved her... She did punch you in the face. It was first thing. It was first thing in the morning. I told her before I went to work, and I was wearing a suit because I had to DJ something that night. Right? She told me she loved me back later that night. That's nice. So I didn't have to wait two fucking weeks. So it was it was really nice, and it was out of nowhere too. And I was like, because I didn't ex- expect the response. I wasn't wired that way. Yeah. And she did it, and it was great. So the one, funny- of those, one of those checkpoints, like, oh yeah, she's good. The funniest I love you I've ever heard, as, as funny as that one was for me, like my the I love you thing, my buddy Rob, uh, who lives out in Nova Scotia, he, yeah. we were on one of our weekends off from uh, Tim Hortons camp, and we were we were staying in Brantford, Paris, because that's where Tim's had a, a camp there, and we were going to Michigan to pick people up the next day, and so we, were, we had been boozing at uh, like a Wacky Wings or something. And uh, or Wild Wings, we got wacky wings up here. And uh, but it was one of those ones. It's almost like a Dave and Buster's where they have all the games and shit. Yeah, that's that's ours. Yeah. yeah. And so we yeah. were in the cab heading back, and he was on the phone with his girlfriend. Long distance. He's like, and this is Nova Scotia guy. So he's like, yeah, it's, you know, I just want to say, it's like the most awkward in a cab. Like, he's like, 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 Rob, was that the first time he's like, yeah, he's like, what the hell are you thinking? You do that, Rob? He's like, hey, it's out in the open now. It is fine. But now he's actually you know with a, he's with a new a girl. Well, not new. They've been together for a bit now, but they're, they got a house and everything. And uh, he's, he really, okay. he's head over heels with this one. So does he listen to the podcast? He did at the start. I don't know if he still does. Oh, son of a bitch. People get busy. Plus, there's only so much nattering back and forth that people can take of us. I don't. I take no uh, ill will if you stop listening. That's um, a good point. But uh, we're an acquired taste. There's a lot of stuff you got to sit through before we get to the point. Plus, <laughs> plus, like you said, I'm honest to a fault. I will take. I will have no bones about making fun of anyone, whether it be people from the East Coast, wherever. Yeah, I actually saw that someone was reviewing Wes Anderson. No, the Coen Brothers movies. And they were like, they don't care if critics like them or not. They just make movies to make themselves laugh. And I'm like, it's kind of like me and you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember when we saw, speaking of the Cullen Bros, when we saw uh, No Country for Old Men? <laughs> and like, because the, it, it didn't have much of a score and it was all silent and the lights come up and it was just yeah. like, end. and some guy across the theater is like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, then it won Best Picture. No Country for Old Men did not suck. I know. Great movie. Although, I was rooting for uh, P.T. Anderson for There Will Be Blood. That movie was friggin' incredible. But Between the two of them, I like No Country better. Yeah. I thought the performance from Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano, who I still can't figure out why he's never been nominated for an Academy Award. I know. The guy crushes it. Um. Well, you know what? He crushes it, but then he has to play the same That's role. That's true, yeah. And that's, that's tough. He always kind of has to play right that kind of like swarm, like the Riddler, right? He always has to play that kind of swarmy little creep. And that was one of my big hangups about even seeing the Batman. Cause I was like, first of all, this movie's not necessary. And what you're going to play Paul D- Dano is the crazy guy. He always plays a crazy that's guy. That's true. You know, I'd rather see Paul Dano as commissioner Gordon, you know, something different. <laughs> 
know. Although I do like Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. What's your next pick? All right. I'm going to go Angel Eyes by uh, Jeff Healy Band. That's always been my number two for rock and roll love songs. I love that song. I could never just about you know he's just sees some chick and it's just it's that uh, for something about it he knows angel eyes he can't see (laughs) you're not supposed to overanalyze a song brian but angel eyes has always been one of my favorites i I love angel eyes and i uh much like lost together i have told many couples angel eyes if they say no to lost together i say how about angel eyes (laughs) Um, that's always my number two so here's another uh I mean, the whole album is just filthy, but uh, off Which of one? The, the seminal, amazing album, Dirty Mind by Prince, the song Do It All Night. Oh, sure. With Prince, I love that's hard. To even pick like a Prince song that you would pick. Like, so I'm not gonna. It's pick interesting with Prince. Hold on here. You still there? Right here. I'm right here, <laughs> guys. <laughs> I'm right here. So when I was in, I, I asked Bryn while I was in. I was like, uh. Can you think of any smush songs you want me to tell Brian about? And he said, there's, a, there's an artist you listen to, and they're called Corpse Husband. That's nice. And the song is called, what's it? Choke Me Like You Hate Me, Fuck Me Like You Want Me. Oh, jeez. Choke me like you hate me, but you love me low-key, wanna date me when you fuck me. <laughs> so she said, throw that out at you. Quote Tom, yeah. bad buzz. <laughs> Well, here's one for you. You're all about overrated music and stuff like that. Well, hold on. You, we were talking about Prince. Oh, yeah. That's that's pretty tough because, I don't know. Like You want to talk about a great breakup song. Purple Rain's one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. Yeah. And it's that kind of, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Prince better when he's, if he's talking about the dirty sex those songs never connected with me. Yeah, like that it's songs more than where he's, where he's about like getting funky, or when he's really getting emotional. Yeah, like uh, like Purple Rain that I really was drawn to. You know, I think my favorite Prince song was always uh, a little. Yeah, is it a? It is a smush song. My favorite Prince song is Little Red Corvette. Always has been. I, I always got to give it up for uh, when doves cry, because. <sighs> When Dubs Cry is great. I remember being it's literally in drums, keyboard, along. and guitar. That's it. No yeah. bass. I was in the car once, second along to When Dubs Cry. When I first got into Prince. Someone cut me off as I was singing the song. I went, this is what it sounds like when Dubs. I went, fuck! <laughs> I was mad. This guy cut me off. 
Um, yeah, anyway. Prince has so many good ones. Like it's it's like if we were to do this and say, what's the best, you know, Barry White smush song? I don't They're all smush songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, like, what do you want with that information? You know, like Barry White could get people to get down just by like reading a book. Not even like it could have been like uh f scott fitzgerald's books or something it's just like now eventually maybe this year we'll do a big we'll do a a big sugar episode and my brother used to always say this about gordy johnson and it rings true for barry white he's like he's just white johnson's kind of guy what what he's white hot sex no 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 (laughs) not white hot sex alex would always say gordy johnson's the kind of guy if he walks in a room everybody's pregnant It's like in, uh, and I think the same thing goes for Barry White. It's like in um, Silicon Valley when he looks at Gilfoyle, he's like, "This guy fucks." This guy fucks. <laughs> that wasn't Gilfoyle. He said about a uh, freaking uh, Zach Woods. Oh, really? That <laughs> was Gilfoyle. Although... No, he said about Zach Woods, and then Zach Woods had this chick in this one random episode. Like, kisses right. goodbye, and then they're all shocked. They never bring it up again. And then it was Kumail Nanjiani. He's like. He was right. This guy fucks. <laughs> it was like three or four episodes later. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're saying uh, yeah. something about overrated music? Yeah. Like, so when I would do, um, or overheard love songs, like when I would DJ weddings, there's a bunch of songs that really, for me, got overplayed. Uh, oh, what was that? I've mentioned this before. The, there's that B44 solo project, Ryan Dan. I had to play that a couple of times. That's really bad. Um, but like Sharon, Ed Sheeran would get overplayed. Uh, perfect and uh, Thinking Out Loud. And I actually think they're both really good songs. They were just overdone. Uh, John Legend's All of Me yeah. would get overplayed. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a nice love song. I have such it's a just... weird connection to that song. Oh, do tell. So, this is fucked up now so my first summer ever working at camps was that summer yeah. in kodiak in perry sound and yeah a lot of those kids were and that was and that was great by the way having you around or shower yeah when you were at that camp it was just like yeah we're coming into town tonight i was like fuck yeah <laughs> that was so fun um, and then also, yeah, Keegan st- staying with me. You never stayed with me. Keegan would stay with me all the time, drink my juice. I stayed with you, and you blame me for breaking your laptop. Oh yeah, you did. What bugged me was you broke it, and it was already broken for the most part. All like, I did it was it close take, it, and I it didn't w- close it hard. It wouldn't have taken much. I wasn't even angry. I just wanted you to tell me what you did. That was it, because uh, I wanted to figure out how you broke it. That was it. And you wouldn't talk. I don't know. It was like that when I got it. No, all, I have no idea. And it drove me crazy. All I said was because I, I knew it was broken. It wasn't your fault. I wasn't mad. I knew it was fucked, but you wouldn't tell me. Anyway, uh, so once a week, we'd have like a talent show type or campfire. That's what it was. Like we always had a nighttime campfire, but like once a week, they would have like talent stuff where people could sing songs and whatever. And these kids are most of them are on the spectrum in some fashion or another. Like some yeah. some are really just high functioning, just have a little trouble with social cues or adapting to sure. change. That's a big thing. So like if it rained and our programming got screwed up, these kids were just off their axis and it was frustrating. Or it's hard to deal sure, with. Yeah, it's yeah. challenging. But there was this one kid 
so he gets up there. We're all sitting there, and he kind of snuck. I didn't realize this because he snuck in front of the line, and he sang a song. He sang "All of Me," and he killed it. He sang it very well. Really? Uh, this- wow! It's like you know what? Good for him because that's not. Well, that takes a lot of confidence. Hold on, hold on, hold on with either. the kudos. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, okay. So, for, and I'm, I'm like clapping. I'm like, this kid crush it. And then like one of the other counselors like, yeah, he wasn't supposed to do that. And he knew he wasn't supposed to do that. And because I guess he was in trouble. And the next day, <laughs> he got kicked out of the camp. Not for that. Oh, shit. Apparently, he snuck into a, he was gay. He snuck into the boy's bunk. And, oh, you told me about this. And I don't know if he played with his bits or gave him a beach. I don't know what it was, but he did force himself on this boy. And it was fucked up. And so that's why, uh, like, whenever I hear all, all of me, I'm like, oh, it takes me right back to that weird, awkward part of the summer. Oh, there was like, that camp. It just goes to show you how, like, what your association with a song can just. Yeah totally be changed that camp was chock full of like weirdos like there was this one kid who got fired two days into camp because he was his like 20th birthday and these girls got him so drunk because at this camp they had a spot kind of it was on site but it was kind of a way that you could drink there but they said if you're gonna drink you're supposed to spend the night in the cabin so this guy came back to the stumbled back to the cabin with the kids and got so drunk he was so drunk, he just puked and woke the kids up. And Jesus. But if it was any other cabin, it probably... That's not, they, they, I wish they had like a... Uh, I wish they had like a, a neutral site that you could sleep it off. Well, they did. He just didn't use it. Um, and so he stumbles back to his main cabin and puked and woke the kids up. But the problem was is he had one of the main program staffers, someone who was like the head lifeguard, who ratted him out and got him fired. Oh, jeez. If it was like, if it was a normal cabin with just a bunch of counselors, we all would have covered for him. But, uh, um, yeah, it's because his program staff. So there was that guy. And then there was another guy who, <laughs> every Friday, they had dances. And you're not supposed to, like, uh, go back to the, um, unless you literally spilled something on yourself or fell in mud, you're not supposed to go back to the cabins for anything to change. Or anything. You all go back together. Mm-hmm. So this guy and he's a counselor. Piss your pants. Stay out there and deal with it. Pretty much. Uh, Piss your pants. Wear your shorts all day. Yeah, man. <laughs> Crappy pants. <laughs> Be a man. Uh, Be a man. This counselor got caught in actually that same girl's bunk going through her underpants. Oh, <laughs> he God. got fired that night. Bunch of weirdos at this freaking camp. Um. All right. Happier note. I've got a breakup song I can add to the list. All right. Hit me. And this is a good one. Come back, kid. Brett Denon. But I say, hey, here comes a comeback. The kid is back. He's back on track. And there goes my hero. He's on the dog. He's coming out on top. And everybody loves a comeback. So come on back now. Come back. Come back. Everybody loves the underdogs. I was thinking about Brett then, and I was like, what could I fit in there? But is that a breakup song? 
Totally. He was crying on the bedroom bathroom oh, right, floor. Right, right, yeah. Just when he thought he, it's about pulling your shit together and getting back out there. Right. You know, that's what happened. Like one of the benefits to having a four month breakup that I had at one point in my life is that when it's over, you can be mentally prepared to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't the first month that happened. I wasn't prepared to deal with it, but the fourth month I was like, yeah, I'm fucking ready. Cause this was when it was over for good. And I had a feeling, I remember the night before it happened, I had this weird feeling. I was all sad and morose in my apartment. I was like, it's over. Can't deal with the shit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was, I was dark and bad. And then the next day she called me and she told me she had a boyfriend because of a four month breakup. And I was like, okay, it's over for sure. And I couldn't go on plenty of fish that night because I'm not going to get into too many details. Let's just say I had to DJ. Also, it was really weird. So she tells me that we're broken up for good, right? The landlord's brother, who I've never met before, knocks on my door. So I get a knock on my door, an angry knock. And this guy who I've never met with tattoos comes barging into my apartment. I said, who the hell are you? This is after I've just been told that my relationship is over. And he goes, I'm the landlord's brother. And he goes into my bathroom. And he goes, ah, I thought something was wrong here. And he starts fixing shit on my toilet. <laughs> because the plunger was stuck and it was just flushing. And I was like, I'm not going to lie. I can't deal with this right now, man. So it's only take me a second. And I was like, what the fuck? So he leaves. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get ready for my, my gig. Right? My DJ gig. I had to DJ that night. Right. Let's just say it was the graduation party. For the occupation that she was in. Oh, shit. So that was tough. Yeah. And people there knew me from being on the radio. And knew I had mentioned my ex on the radio before, when she was not my ex. And that she was in the same program as them. And were asking me questions about her. So I had to deal with that. <laughs> So the next day, I said, fuck it. I'm going on Plenty of Fish. And it was like a, every single girl in Thunder Bay was out there fishing. Except Brent. She was going, oh, big fire truck coming down the street. There we go. Except Brent. We didn't talk that night. And big single fish jumped in the boat. And they were all taking turns smacking it with the oar. Like, I put up my profile, and it was message after message after message. Look right? at you. Yeah, I, was, I, I felt great. <laughs> so I was talking with this one girl, and then Bryn's profile, I, I came back to a couple of times. And then I read the whole thing. I was like, fuck. I got to message her. So on the Monday, I messaged her. So I got dumped on the Saturday. Thursday, I had my first date with Bryn. Wow. Yeah, it's like in uh, speaking of uh, you can't have a Valentine's Day episode without talking rom coms. It's like uh, one of my favorite rom coms, 500 Days of Summer. It's like uh, I I wouldn't call that a rom com, though. How? What's wrong about what's wrong about that movie? It's the whole time. That movie is about heartache. Well, that's a breakup movie. Yeah, but you know, he's you know that they're not going to get together when you see the movie. But, well, first of all, they do technically get together at some point. Because they do sleep together. And they do date. But. I know. But it's not. Rom-com is romantic comedy. Romance is anything in the sphere of dating, relationship, sex. Like, 
technically knocked up is a rom-com. But they wind up together at the end. It doesn't matter. Rom-com, not every rom-com, just like in life, not not everyone has a happy ending uh, where they get together. But go, Brian. <laughs> Staving off, walking into traffic for another day. Alex told me, be careful with this podcast, you might get dark. I was like, it's not going to get dark. I'm just kidding. And you're not going to walk into traffic. You're a good man. And also, let's, let's be honest. I'm six foot eight, north of 300 pounds. If anyone's if I walk into traffic, I'll be like a hawk. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll just destroy the car. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like Will Smith and Hancock when he destroys exactly. that train. Yeah. Um. No, but what's it called? I've always viewed that movie. As being just like I don't know, like it's it's incredibly relatable when you're a single guy. Yeah, insanely relatable. Well, like look at the um, just like. But at the end of the day, like like Joe, Joey Gordon Levin, he's not perfect in that movie. No. Like when you see that, and you're going like, and you're a young man, you go through that, you're like, "Fuck, Zoe Deschanel's a real bitch," <laughs> right? But when you get older, you're like, "Fuck, man, he's got a." He's got to find a better way to deal with this shit. Well, that's you know that's why it's a great movie because yeah. you can watch it over time and have so many different interpretations of it. But I wouldn't call it a rom com. Like it's it's funny, but it's not a comedy. Like Pulp Fiction's hilarious, but it's not a comedy. You know what I mean? You're a buffoon. I'm a buffoon. <laughs> yes. Anything in the realm of romance uh, and dating, courtship, all that crap, is a rom-com. Them's the facts. i tell you a quick story when I first uh, watched that movie. So, I watched it with another person. A person will not be mentioned on this program. Okay? And she goes up about how sexy Joseph Gordon-Levitt is and how good he looks in a vest. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Ted, tomorrow you gotta go buy a vest. Buy a vest. vest." And she goes, you better not show up tomorrow wearing a vest. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Telegraph your punches, old man. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's a great movie, but I wouldn't call it a rom-com. But I, I do think it's one of the best movies about love. Love is that work? You're an idiot. Love what? Okay, it's a comedy. Uh, it's about love. Yeah. Romance yeah. is part of love. Rom com. You're a buffoon. It's okay. No, it, that's that's okay. If, that's okay. If, I, I I get where you're coming from. I can throw it in that category. Do you want to? According to entertainment. Well, how about here's here's another gra- another great one that I would say is a great rom com uh, is uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. That's that's very relatable. He, he does get with Mila Kunis at the end. Yeah. Flap. So old Seagull around. does. What? I said flapping his. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, 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 I gotta turn on penis. <laughs> According to those doctors, his doctor's like, you got a great dick. <laughs> uh, do you, according to Entertainment Weekly, do you want to take a guess at the top five grossing rom coms of all time? Number five. Take, actually, take a few guesses. Hey, you, you, you want to give me, give me five? Okay. Oh, this sucks because some of these are going to be shit. I can only, let me let me give you my top five. Okay, right. if we're going to count, um, 
500 Days of Summer. That's on the list, okay? No, I'm, I'm talking about Green Entertainment Weekly's top grossing. Okay. <sighs> I don't know, some Matthew McConaughey shit from the early 2000s? Surprisingly, the Wedding Planner. Surprisingly, no. At least according to Entertainment okay. Weekly. So in the top five, there's no Matthew McConaughey. Uh, not from what I could see. Okay. And there's no D- Josh Demel. <laughs> He's like poor man's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Number two is actually very surprising. Although I did see it in theaters. Actually, I saw a couple of these in theaters. Actually, I saw th- okay. I saw three of five. How many would you say are good movies? Um, uh, I, I, I like them all. Actually, I haven't seen... I'll just tell you. Okay. Well, I'll go through it. When Harry Met Sally. No. Sleepless in Seattle. No. You got mail. No. Um, knocked up. No. Meg Ryan was a lot of romantic comedy. Knocked up. No. Um, Hope floats. No. I'm moving from Meg Ryan going to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> One of her movies is in is number seven, but uh... no. Jesus. Um, give me a hint. She plays a Canadian. Oh, yeah, the proposal. Yeah. So that's number seven. Number five is a movie that you and I saw in theaters and we couldn't stop laughing when we were youngsters. Ten Things I Hate About You. No. Oh, I I like that movie. That was the one I got really mad because I wanted to see that movie and my parents made me go to The Matrix. And I tell that story all the time. This Matrix that became the seminal movie. I wanted to see 10 Things I Hate About You. I wanted to see it so bad. I mean, we were going to end up seeing uh, Oh, how, how about American Pie? No. You and me saw this movie. Yeah. Okay. And it's a romantic comedy. Well, like, did, did we go in thinking it was a romantic comedy? Yeah. Okay. It had one of your favorite football players of your youth. Oh, there's something about Mary. Yeah. Number five was there's something there about That's Mary. a great movie. Number four uh, was Pretty Woman. Give me a hint. I'll just tell you. Okay. So, uh, number three. It starred the man who had to slap her around the world. So it's, well, it was Hitch? Yes, that's number three. Uh, number okay. two. This one's surprising, yeah. although I did see it in theaters, was uh, What Women Want with Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. Wow, I made that much money, huh? I mean, I think it also is like when you factor in, uh, I guess for rom-coms, I guess it's very specific. So it's high grossing for a rom-com. It's not, it didn't even make 200 million, but, uh, this, now th- this is a list from entertainment weekly and it could be out of date, but, uh, this one should be no surprise. Cause it was just a, it was a huge one. Mm-hmm. You want to take a guess? Number one. It had a Canadian in it. <sighs> I think she's Canadian. The Notebook. No. Well, that's not a comedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> that a Canadian, a Canadian girl in it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's Canadian. Oh, I could be wrong. You gotta give me better than that. Uh, pretty sure she's Canadian. I could be wrong. Come on. Um, give me a plot thing. Do, have you seen this movie? No. I'll just tell you. How old? Uh, 2000. How old? Uh, a walk to remember. No. 
Uh, okay, go ahead. It's about a wedding. My best. No, that's like ninety-eight. Never mind. It's about a wedding. Two thousand two. Yes. It's not an American wedding. No. Okay. Um. And mind you, when they you know how much I got left, by the way. Look at that. Y'all done yours? Yeah. Right down the nub. <laughs> You're a nub. <laughs> That's a good response. Um, 2002. But a wedding. One more hint. One more hint. <laughs> as, as a group of people, everyone calls loud and smelly. I'm kidding. It's my big factory. It's my big factory. Oh, well, that's racist. I'm kidding. Those loud I'm not racist. This is xenophobic. <laughs> God, I forgot to tell you on the radio the other day. You know Norm McDonald's Polish joke about getting a Polish sausage and, you know, why Why do you think I was getting a Polish sausage? Ah, uh, this is a hardware store. Uh. <laughs> so I told that joke on the air because we were giving away places to this Polish sausage joint. And I told, uh, I said that my name originally was Jessopowski. Someone messages me in with all this Polish stuff. And goes, we're brothers, we're Polish. Uh, they believe me. You idiot. Some people think I'm Teddy Jasipowski. If I was Greek, I'd be Teddy Jasipopoulos. How do you know? Teddy Jasipopoulos. If I was Jewish, I'd be Teddy Jasipowitz. Okay, you need to stop. <laughs> Although, see, you're also stealing valor, because my name actually potentially could be a Jewish last name. Last? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because apparently, through some research, someone told me that it's it's actually like it's a German name, and so it might have been like shortened from like Lastman or something. Well, Mel Lastman was Jewish. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any actual truth. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I was looking up old pictures of Toronto the other day, and there's a picture of Mel Lastman. Hey, he had a hey, huge hey, cigar, hey, and he was hey, wearing a big fur coat. <laughs> he was like. Ah. <laughs> You know how to live it, Mel Lasman. <laughs> I told you about the time I met Mel Lasman, right? Probably. He was at a furniture store opening. Of course. For Lasman's Bad Boys. Mm. And he's sitting there, and he's old and decrepit at this point. He's still lived for like another 10 years. <laughs> he's old and decrepit. He's sitting there. Every kid who walks by, what's your name? Brian? Brian, when do you go to school? <laughs> when people say... Who better than Brian? I want you to say nobody. Do you ever have that little yeah. toy that they gave me there? The nobody? <laughs> you guys did not like that. <laughs> um, yeah. First of all, you've been out of Southern Ontario too long. It's not Toronto. You sound like a tourist. I say Toronto a lot. I don't. Toronto. No, it's it's Toronto. No. No, 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 no. It's Toronto. You sound like a tourist. A tourist? I was. Oh, this is depressing. Alex just texted me this. What? Jeff Garland was your age on the first season of Curb. No fucking way. <laughs> I was watching this uh, 
taking your damn selfies with your cigar. I've been one of my favorite things to watch lately is uh, these this group of Philly comedians, and they did all these sketches that are hilarious. My buddy Ian Finance in there. Uh, well, he's in some of the newer sketches, I think, but not the ones that I've been watching. Nice. Glad they're including him. Uh, but uh, there's <laughs> there's this one where um, they did this pilot for a show called Tires Inc. It's kind of like an office type thing. It's just the people that uh, work in a tire shop. But like yeah. the the Philly accent comes out so thick because they're like they're having this staff meeting over sexual harassment in the in the workplace, and he's like, "Is this meeting over?" And he's like, "No, it's not over." <laughs> and then like, did I ever tell you about and then, the uh, one time me and yeah go ahead the the one guy he's such a nerdy like the boss is a real nerd and he's like yeah. he's got the hots for this girl who's trying to use him for uh, his uh, to try to get a discount on like a, a tire change and and Shane wow Shane Gillis is like he's like bro you gotta go. is, he, is he from Philly Shane yeah well he's from uh, yeah. he's from Mechanicsburg which is like Central PA. But uh, he, he. What was I thought he was from uh, Maryland? Because I saw some something a sketch he did. <clears throat> he's wearing Orioles shit. Huh. Well, he, I mean, he's a big. He's an Orioles fan. It's only like three hours away. No, he's a he's a Phillies fan. He's always wearing his Philly okay. cat, just like Ian Fidance. Um, well, this bit I saw, he was wearing uh, Orioles stuff. Actually, you're like so you can. I think it's online. There's a skit he did. Uh, so he has a. Ever since he got shit canned from SNL, he started his own sketches with his uh, buddy John McKeever, and he—I'm going to cut this part out—but uh, he—they did a whole crop of new sketches, and one of them. Why do I have a feeling you're not going to cut this out? I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> okay. He—he uh, <laughs> uh, he plays like a Guy Fieri type, but he's okay. uh, so he's like he's pulling up and he's got this like. He's like, hey, it's, we're, we're testing the nation's best food, but he's got, he's a former soldier with PTSD. So he'll like be like mid, like, all right. And all of a sudden he'll go into like a war flashback. And so uh, he's, he's had this like Chinese food restaurant. The guy's like, he's like mixing up the spices and stuff. And he's like, he ends up fighting with the Chinese food restaurant. It's so funny. Why would you cut that out? That's not offensive. That's funny. I don't know. I just, it's just a long diatribe, that's all. But uh, Anyway, well, it wasn't that long. So don't cut it out. Fine. All right. Um, it kind of reminds me of that. Do you remember that? I hate to go back to Will Forte again. Do you remember that one bit? Um, it was from Tim and Eric. I don't think, I don't like Tim and Eric. I know Brent loves Tim and Eric. I don't think Tim and Eric are funny. They're just not my thing. Yeah. But Forte did a bit for them. And because it's Forte, it's hilarious. <laughs> It was that like sleeping horse mattress barn or whatever. And Forte is like the mattress sales. He's like, you stay and see what one of my mattresses and you go right to sleep. <laughs> His dreams, they're all horrific. <laughs> like he pulls this guy's arms off and this fire and burns stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> he's like, I'm a demon. <laughs> anyway. It's hilarious. That's, I got two or three songs. To wrap this up, should I crack open this other beer that I have? I mean, we can keep talking and like just wrap up the episode. Yeah, probably. But, uh, probably. Okay. Um, All right. I'm going to crack it open. So it's one of those nights. Get these beers out of the way with now. <laughs> this is that 8%. Sorry, 10.2%. Yeah, that's a good thing. Who's going to have on a Monday? Yeah, get me crunk. Yeah, have it on Monday. I got to work at 4 a.m. 
I thought you guys I haven't had dinner yet. I thought you guys don't go on the air till like six. Yeah. What the hell do you have to wake up so early for? You never shower beforehand anyway. Well, okay. So first of all, I have a remote tomorrow. Oh. So after the show, I got to be on like on location at this taco restaurant. It's great. They just give me free lunch, and I sit there and talk about food. Um. But yeah, I got to take a shower. I got to look good. All right. By the time I get my looks and I collect all my books. I'm at the corner just to see the bus. Right All right. Uh, my next one is say anything. In a in an era of self-loathing emoism, Max Bemis did have the occasional funny song, and this one's called "Wow, I Can Get Sexual Too." It's all about sexting. I called her on the phone, and she touched herself. She touched herself. She touched herself. on the phone. And the music video is hilarious because it's got Henry Winkler. All right. Well, you've told me about that song before. I'm sure I've heard it before because you were really big into the Sing Anything back in the day. Um, my next one then will be uh, Mellow Mood, Slightly Stupid with uh, G-Love. When all your money's Actually, that fits into my I next love one. that song. Love that song. I, it, for about two or three months, it was going to be Brent and I's first dance. We end up going with Into the Mystic by Van Morrison, which is still a great song. It's an amazing song. A little cliche for but, wedding, but, uh, A little bit. But you know what? It, it worked with what we we're trying to do. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, that was on the a table. It was just her, uh, we tried like practice dancing to it and it was just a little bit too fast. Yeah. And her mom was like, This is the song? And she was like, Yeah, she goes, A little too fast. And that was like the clincher. She was like, Yeah, okay, we're not gonna do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. Well that So we found Into the Mystic, and Into the Mystic was one we both agreed upon. Also, Van Morrison, I will say, I won't get into specifics. The first time I ever got laid the next morning. I told one other person this, and it was a rando drunk I saw at a bar because he sang it for karaoke, and I it was on 420. So I went up and sang Smoke Two Joints by Sublime because it was 420, right? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And this guy comes, up, comes over to me, and he gets up and he sings, and it stoned me, the first song off of Moondance. Yeah. And that was the album. I said, just pick some shit from my iPod, and she put that album on. And it just always makes me think of like romance and sex. Yeah, that album. That, that album is very romantic. Yeah, and um, he sang that just before he came over to me and showed me that he had fucking Sublime license plates. I was so thrilled that I sang Sublime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what's it called? Um, and yeah, but that song has always had a special place in my heart. That and uh, the other one would be oddly enough. Just because it's worked out a couple of times in my romances. I got two more. Hold on. 
You're literally teeing me up for Sublime because I got a Sublime. Go for it. Go for it. Caress me. What do they have that's romantic? Caress me down. And the girl caressed me down. And that's that loving sound. And I went, and the girl caressed me down. And that's that loving sound. When that kiss makes me feel horny. I'm the type of lover with the sensitivity when she kiss my neck and tickle me fancy with the right kind of love on a Sunday morning. Oh, that's like a funny song. I know. I didn't say it had to be uh, romantic. It's, it was a smush song. It's all literally about. Have you ever put that on to smush? No, but. Like, all right, baby, let's do this. Do, 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 do. I'm hornier than Ron Jeremy, baby. I mean, maybe he's a horrible rapist. Maybe if I was like 17, I would have done it, but not now. Unless I really want. Yeah, he's that's that story's gotten sad. Like you heard how he's he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be in an insane asylum the rest of his life. Really? So Ron Jeremy is facing multiple rape charges. Jeez. They said that he is so unfit to stand trial that he is like having sex with nothing in his prison cell. Like humping the wall, the hole in the wall, like that kind of shit. With his giant cock. <laughs> Where my brother going <laughs> one day? He's like, why do people fight? Why is Ron Jeremy a porn star? <laughs> He's so ugly. My dad just went like this. He went. That's my dad did. Ted, you do realize. <laughs> he held his fingers 10 inches apart. Yeah, went... I was going to say, yeah. you got to. Describe. This is an audio podcast, Ted. Yeah, it's, it's just what your dad did. <laughs> anyway, not that this is a problem for you anymore because you're uh, you're married, but uh, do you want uh, to hear some of the worst date ideas or first dates according to Men's Health? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Number I think what, what the worst. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Number one, meeting the family. <laughs> It happened to me once. Go through the list. I'll tell you at the end. Uh, number two, eating at a barbecue uh-huh. joint. Okay. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, watching the game at a sports bar, which is funny because uh, I had a date last week, and that's what we were supposed to do because this girl was a big Eagles fan. Oh, now I hope yeah. I can lose. But uh, I was rooting for the Eagles. Did you tell her that you're a Cowboys fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but we ended up going for sushi. But uh, screening an X-rated movie. What kind of psycho would do that? Except freaking. You ever see Taxi Driver? I was about to say. <laughs> For some reason, I saw that that scene. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, it's very funny. Just oh, I funny. didn't know he didn't like those movies. I'm like, of course she doesn't like those fucking movies. What are you fucking fucking <laughs> Yeah. Uh, number six, going to a shooting range. I mean, that could be fun. It shows you're a little manly. You can handle a gun. Bryn did. Bryn, Bryn on the first day went to a shooting range. I didn't think with the guy. Men, she, she said she had fun. Men's health is stupid. I think. Uh, I think that's a fine first day, unless the girl's really anti-gun. But uh, doing anything with even if you are like they're regulated and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not like you're you're going to be buying like you know some machine guns or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Number seven. Doing anything with the guys, basically bringing her out as part of your plans, kind of thing. Uh, you're, you're going top ten. Yeah. Do you okay? I gotta say this. Okay. Do you remember how awkward it was when Pool made that? I know he listens. I love you, buddy. But 
when he made that fucking plenty of fish profile for the three of us. <laughs> and clearly all the girls are only into him. And that one girl came out and we were like, oh, fuck. And she was clearly only interested in him. And you and me were just bitter the whole time. <laughs> and angry. Although, back then... I do feel bad for the girl, though, because she, she was like... She didn't know what she was walking into, and she got us. <laughs> oh, also, I think, like, yeah, he made that. But I think he just invited her out just, to, like, to hang out. But, uh... Yeah. The thing is, back then, and he... he, he we, we, didn't, ugh, we went out for dinner last week, and he even said, he's like, back in the day, he's like, I was shameless. I would do anything for some, for some yeah. intercourse. But, uh, so, for all we know, there could have been people... That were actually interested in you and I, and he just kept them to himself. Nah, nah, nah. Keep going. Uh, number eight. Hitting the, yeah. Hitting that, the- was, that was, by the way, him saying that to girls who are into you and me, oh. not me saying you keep going. Oh. Yeah, just so you know. Uh, number eight. Hitting the club. Who talks like that anymore? Um, number nine. Going to a reunion. And number ten. Attending a funeral. I have heard of that happen before. Yeah. We're, yeah. So, number one of that list, meeting the family, that happened to me once. Um, I was when I was in Perry Sound, and I met a girl online. And uh, we got to talking, and we had arranged a date. And she took part in this, like, uh, amazing race that they did in Perry Sound. Oh, yeah. And... The date was to the after party. What she didn't tell me was that her brother was on her team and was going to be at the table with his wife when we got there. So he hit, he hits me with a bunch of questions. We can't hear each other because this loud ass band is playing, right? She's got this other friend who's like kind of hitting on me the whole time. So her and her brother get into a fight. She leaves because he's like, all right, we're going to leave. And he's her ride. So she goes out to his car and he's like, we're leaving because you're not paying any attention to your date. You know who that guy is? That's Ted from the radio. <laughs> like you got you. I can't believe you're treating him with such disrespect because this guy would call in still after we had finished dating. He'd still call in and try to win prizes and shit like that for me. Right. Because he listened to us all the time. So he should have been like that guy. In, uh, she didn't. She she went. She went with him. She was like, "Yeah." So my brother's gonna leave. I'm gonna have to get a ride with him. And it's been like an hour and a half. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And I'm stuck there with her friend who is still kind of like hitting on me. I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "I feel really awkward right now." I'm gonna go. So I went home, and I remember just like, "Do you remember the first night I hung out with you and Max? First night I met Max." And I was amped up because it was like my fourth or fifth date with this girl. And I thought this was going to be the night. Do you remember the episode of the Fresh Prince and Will thought it was going to be the night and it wasn't the night and he was all amped up with energy. He's like, yo, I'm going to fill a shed shoes, clean the pool. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And so that was me. I got home for this date and I was like, oh, fuck. I thought this was going to be the night and it wasn't the night. So I got home and it was just my parents. I'm like, where's Alex? He's like, oh, he's got plans. I'm like, oh, fuck. Or Sarah. And she's, like, she's got plans. I'm like, Brian, you're last off. And you're like, oh, I'm out with my friend Max. I'm like, I don't care. Where are you? And you're like, I'm at this place. And so I came, and that was the first night I met Max. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck, Brian. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Do you 
remember that? Yeah. We went to that bar on um, Upper James. It has that weird solarium. I think it was like a former Wendy's. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Um, the, when that guy called in, you should have been like the guy in... Um... No, he didn't call in to talk about her. Like, he called in for other shit. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, if you tried to win prizes, you should have been like that guy where he's like, you got nothing. Damn. What movie was that? So she did, to her credit. What movie was that? Or he's like... You got nothing. Caddyshack. Right. Okay, thank you. To her credit, she did apologize to me that night. Set up a time for a real day, just the two of us. We went to a very nice restaurant. We went to the Perry Sound Movie Theater and saw Bad Grandpa. With Johnny Knoxville. What a date movie. What a, what a great date movie, huh? <laughs> and then we had a second date. And now uh, we went to go see Thor Dark World and uh, Barry. Which was like my tester, where I was like, ah, okay, if I'm not so sure about you, we did the dr- hour drive there, hour drive back. Right. And I could tell. And I still wasn't sure. I, was like, I think I kind of like her. She was, she, she was cute. And uh, then she sent me a text. I was like, hey, so do you want to do this this weekend? And she was like, well, I'm thinking about that. I think it would be better if we're just friends. And I was like, okay. That's fine. You weren't crestfallen? Right? Wasn't, wasn't crestfallen. No, it's okay. Wow, crestfallen. How long have you been holding that in your back pocket? <laughs> um, so, I, it was like an hour later she texted me back. She's like, yeah, I actually got plans that day. I can't do it. And I was like, oh, well, you told me we didn't want to date anymore? I was like, <laughs> that offer came off the table. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to do this if we were just friends, right? Yeah. And then... A week after that, that friend who was hitting on me at that after party messaged me for a date. Look at you. You're a So I said no. You I you. said no. I said no. What, what do you want from me? You're dumb Donald. That's what you are. I'm not dumb Donald. Everything worked out. <laughs> I got a wonderful son, a wonderful wife. Everything worked out. You know, this is uh, what's it called. I'm going to break out the Jim Halpert here because Alex texts me. This. He's like, don't do a Jim Halpert here. There's an episode where Dwight is mad because uh, Angela broke up with him. Right. And Jim really comes up to him and does this. Hey, don't feel so bad about breaking up with Angela. My relationship with Pam is great. Anyway, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm like, what a piece of shit. Yeah. People love this guy. Yeah. He's such a door Anyway. Because <laughs> it's I just, I, so here's one for I you. Got into the, uh, for uh, Mr. Fantastic, do you want to see a new uh, new Mr. Fantastic, or do you want to you want Krasinski back? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's basically been like picked by the fans for that role for years before, long before uh, Doctor Strange too. Well, here's what they're talking about right now: is um, Gosling and Adam Driver were discussed. But it sounds like Gosling is in line for Silver Surfer and Driver's in line for Doctor Doom. Yeah. I think Doctor Doom's too close to Kylo Ren. I was gonna say, yeah, that's no good. Yeah, I like, I like, I, I, I want Gosling for Vindicator for the Alpha Flight series. I want them to do an Alpha Flight series set in the eighties. That's how you'd introduce Wolverine. All Canadian cast Gosling as Vindicator. He gets killed in the first season. That's what I want. <laughs> Such a nerd. Anyway, I know. But the other names are talking about. Uh, Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire. 
has leaped to the front of the herd. I always think of him more from uh, the newsroom, but or Chaffee. Yeah, I like him. I like him as an actor. Not to sound racist, but when I think of the world's smartest man, I don't necessarily think of a white guy. I think of an East Indian guy. And that's what Devin Patel is. So that works pretty well. Objection! Um, uh, <laughs> objection! Extremely racist! But the other one is um, Gabriel... No. Um, yeah, Gabriel Luna. Is Gabriel? From, uh, you know, from the... the uh, Rogue One Andor Diego Diego Luna. Yeah, I never saw or, uh, I never saw Andor. I got to finish Andor. I got like four episodes in and then I got distracted. Can we wrap this freaking He's a good actor and has got a very like nice accent. Like I'm like, okay, this dude's like got like the Matthew McConaughey thing where I can watch him uh, act for hours, but the thing is, I want in this world Namor to steal the wife of Reed Richards. It does not have the same effect if a sexy Mexican guy is stealing the wife of another sexy Mexican guy. I've got I've got to go to the washerman. It's almost nine o'clock. Well, here. so we got to wrap this up. Yeah, um, I got one last one. This is a lot longer than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Teddy and Brian and the the, the one. Yes, I know, I know. It's gonna be fun for me to edit. <laughs> uh, my last one is just uh, throw a little. Rihanna, rude boy. That's that's a good smush. That's a really good smush song, though. Yeah, good one. That goes. is a good smush song. I'll, I'll back you up. That's a great smush song. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? At the end of Wakanda Forever, they played this Rihanna song, and I said to Brandon, "I was like, is this Rihanna?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Fuck! Why does she really shit like this all the time? Like, it, this is one of those songs that shows that she can sing. Yeah, and she's really talented, but she just does a lot of stuff that." Work, 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 work. <laughs> you know, like, why do you do that when you can sing? You have talent. You're actually talented. Maybe she'll bust it out at Super Bowl this weekend. Speaking of free. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Super Bowl in just a bit. I got to pee. So anyway, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. What's your, before, I had to pee. I went. Before we, we'll talk Super Bowl off, Mike. But uh, okay. what is your last song to close it out? <sighs> Well, where do you want to go? You want to go smush? Should I do one for each? It's dealer's choice, Ted. This is the, if I was to throw a playlist on for just for, whether it's for shits and giggles or just for whatever, this is like, I'm, yeah. these are the, the Brian tracks on our little mixtape. That's all. So Okay. So I'm going to go want. with two here for, for, for like love songs, right? It better not be Sky's Um, That is a great song. <laughs> Alex, Alex once said to me, that's one of the best songs about unrequited love. Like, this is not love that's returned. Right. This is you love her, she does not love you. And he also threw a try. The Brian Last story. Woo! Just again to say, just again to say about Blue Rodeo being one of the best in the world, like, try is the best example of that kind of song. Yeah. My God, are they good. (laughs) Fuck. Love Blue Rodeo. Um, 
but no, I'm going to go with um, Virgis Love Song. I'll have to go with him, even though he's kind of a piece of shit. At least he's proven he is in later years. Uh, Eric Clapton, love, uh, Wonderful Tonight. That's a great song. And then she asked me I really like that one. Um, as terms of smush goes, <sighs> I mentioned and it's stone me by Van Morrison. I'm also going to throw in this one. This is for Brent. Believe it or not, it's actually a really good lovemaking song. It is 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Interesting. It's got to be the summer, and you're just free. You know what I mean? It's that freedom to just free love and all that shit. You know what I mean? That's a really good one. You want a breakup song? Get ready. Get ready for the Kleenex. It makes no difference by the band. It makes no difference where I turn. I can't get over you and the flame still. Rick Danko makes no difference where I turn. I can't get over you when the flame still burns. And it makes no difference. You know that song. Come on. Off the Stage Fright album. Yes. With a Garth Hudson soprano sax solo. Come on. That's a good one. I'll give you one more on top of that. Oh, fuck. I just had it. Makes no difference. Oh, this one's even more sad because the guy who wrote this didn't get over the love he lost. <sighs> I wish it would rain by the uh, temptations. With her went my future. My life is filled with gloom. So day after day, I stay locked up in my room. I know to you, it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Make sure you put that on yeah. for breakup songs. Uh, he killed himself. Jeez. And he just, he loved his wife. She divorced him. He wrote that song. It was a great song. But, it, and I think Bruce actually put that one on uh, his latest album. All those Motown, no, Motown bangers. But holy shit, is it ever a sad song. This oh. happened with, when one night before going out to the bar with you and Brent and all that. Uh, this info commercial came out for Motown hits. And uh, 
that song got played. I was like, oh shit. My mom's like, what? I'm like, this is like the saddest song you can imagine. And she goes, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's a breakup song. And then the guy killed himself. And my mom's like, oh my God, that's horrible. Right. Next song up, Jackie Wilson. And I was like, oh shit. My mom was like, what now? Like, you know, Jackie Wilson, you know, Mr. Excitement. He was the life of the party. Like, stage light fell on him. He was a vegetable for a whole bunch of years. Then he died. And I was like, oh my God, that's awful. Final song Otis Redding. Dock of the Bay. My mom was like, what can you do with this one? I'm like, well, he died in a plane crash. How's that? <laughs> that was the first time my mom broke out the Stevie Storm Cloud. I am going to call you Matthew Perry because you are Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. Right. My dad used to do that all the time. We'd watch a movie. I'm like, oh, this actor's really good. My dad's like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. I'm like, oh, great. Nice, dad. Do <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember when we were younger and we would watch my Blue Jays tape and there's that crotchety old lady? So I'm like, she's dead now. Yeah, is that- Five to one, and now it's five all. And you went, stupid old lady, probably dead now. And I went, I just started laughing, and you're like, what? She probably is. Although, didn't you go there say, like, look at all those deadies? Yeah, that's when we were watching It's a Wonderful Life once on Christmas Eve. Oh my God. So we've got the whole family together, all five of us. Uh, Sarah wasn't with Sean yet. I wasn't with Brittany yet. It was just the, the core five. Pearl is on the fireplace love him the fact that we're all together she's like just as happy i've ever seen a dog we're having this wonderful moment as a family um, then alex busts that out look at all those daddies oh my god which he stole from george carlin that's old george carlin oh, he's like you ever look at crowds in old movies and wonder if they're dead yet uh, yeah. on that sunny moment you know i i was thinking about it while you were whizzing i just we justify our long go nowhere podcast like this because we don't we haven't been as frequent so it's one of those things when you when we do one we really cram a lot in you get your money's worth yeah and also it's like because we don't do it so often people whoever does listen might feel compelled to listen it's not like a rogan one where he does like four three hour episodes in a week Fuck that. That ain't go fuck himself. All right, relax. All right, sorry, that was moving too much. Did you see that Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, speaking of Rogan, I don't know, this is Rogan adjacent, I guess, because it's UFC. Liam Neeson challenged uh, Conor McGregor to a fight. He's like, I am the Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Liam Neeson is 70 years old. Still, he can take him. (laughs) He said he's a black guy for Ireland. Well, we don't. <laughs> Liam Neeson does all black things. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> oh. That was funny. <laughs> Liam Neeson, anyway, this, please don't sue me. You'll have more than I will ever have. Oh, I'll get you the prime last. <laughs> I'll get you for everything you're worth. Uh, did I ever tell you? Well, we did a D&D campaign. Um, so no, the first time we did it, it was great. I based my character on myself and then we had to do another one and I decided to go totally opposite of myself. And I based it on 
like the Liam Neeson taken character, right? Where he's always on edge and he's not <laughs> trusting of anyone, right? Hey, that's still you. You're always on edge. So we're doing this campaign. It turns out everyone else in our group decided to also take a, like a complete 360 from what they usually did and did something totally, oh, sorry, 180 from what they totally did and did something completely different. So this one guy decided his character was going to punch me or slap me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit him. And I rolled a perfect 20, like a natural 20. And this guy wasn't wearing armor. And I hit him. And they were like, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> and I was like, I killed one of our cast members in the first episode. You are so they were all really mad at me. And uh, we, we, we didn't do the show after that. It was over. <laughs> that was what ended my D&D playing career was that Leonie's character. Well, yeah, nerd. I, mean, I will say, I will say D and D you would love D and D. You'd actually have a lot of fun. I don't care. Alex. I know Graham Bucci listens to this podcast. He's a huge D and D guy. D and D is a lot of fun. I don't care how much fun, uh, James Franco had in freaks and geeks or community. I ain't playing. <laughs> You'd have a good time. Anyway. anyway. So as that does, does it, that does it. All right. For all you next episode will be the Bedouin Sound Clash. Maybe the best Canadian band in the last 20 years? Is it going too far to say? We'll find out. We'll find out. They had my favorite album from last year. All right. (laughs) Just play that freaking one with the Amy Interrupter. Go through fire. Fire and flame. Oh, play it, Brian. There we go. For Brian last, I'm Ted Jessup. And uh, this is Canada FM. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't speak for me. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's good right there. One, two, one, two. Yeah.